Hey friend, Sharice here. And in today's episode, Data is acting super sus. Troy gets attacked by an energy being again. And we ask the question, who else wants a piece of wharf? Stay tuned. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today we're talking season four, episode 14, entitled Clues. This episode was written by Joe Minoski and Bruce D. Arthurs and directed by Les Landau. While en route to investigate a mysterious planet, the entire crew, with the exception of Data, is rendered unconscious by an apparent wormhole. After they revive, Data explains that they were unconscious for only 30 seconds, but a variety of clues discovered around the ship seem to indicate that he is lying. Bum, bum, bum. How fun is this episode? I feel like I'm saying this for a lot of episodes in season three and four, but this really is one of my favorites. (laughs) I feel like I've said that for a lot of episodes and I have a lot of different reasons, but this is an episode to me that I have looked forward to since we decided to do this podcast. Um, it's, It's one that I keep returning to time and time again. It stands up. I mean, you know, I don't know if like, justice or code of honor or, you know, mishap at, you know, the outpost, like Mm -hmm. stood up, you know, when it was aired, but Mm -hmm. they, those season ones, like don't stand up anymore. And this one does, it's just as good. It's so freaking good. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, ditto everything you just said, ditto, ditto, ditto. I was really excited to go through this one. This is kind of a mystery. And you know what? It reminds me of the episode we had a little while ago where Beverly had a mystery on her hands. And it was kind of like we're figuring out that she's trapped inside a warp bubble. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we wouldn't have figured that out until the very, very end when she's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, it's a warp bubble. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's kind of like that where you're like, is Data lying? Data can't be lying. Data doesn't lie. But Data could lie if he wanted to lie. And then you're like, wait a minute. Is he like doing something shady? Is he trying to hurt everybody? He's not trying to hurt everybody. It's just so fun. Like, I love the mystery episodes. So I was really excited about this one. Yeah, this one is so much fun. It really is. I mean, entitled Clues, like for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. just lovely. It's the kind of mystery that we get to discover along with the crew, Mm -hmm. you know, as viewers where we don't know the identity of the murderer. Like, we have to kind of solve this as things go. And it's just delicious. Um, I'm going to tell you, this is the first episode where we get to finally meet nurse Ogawa. She actually was on the show before, um, but this is the first time she gets a name. And I did a whole deep dive on nurse Ogawa because yeah, because I was like, she's here again. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so glad to see her. And so then I did a whole deep dive of like, when did I see her before? And all this stuff. So we'll get into some nurse Ogawa. Can't wait to that. Deliciousness in not too long because like we, we get sick pretty early in the episode, but, um, Mm -hmm. I just want to say, I love like the cold open. I love how this episode started with this slice of life all throughout the ship. Cause usually downtime, whenever we see them have downtime is when like the ship is in some kind of station or has come to some planet and they're just doing some weird stuff on a planet. But here, this is how do people relax on the actual ship? I mean, they live on this ship. What do they do in their downtime? So we see this kind of gym. And I think this is our first time seeing the Klingon Tai Chi. Is this our first time or our second time? Yes. This is the first time ever seeing Worf's Mokbara class, which Ooh. is Tai Chi. Yeah. It's so great. Like I'm getting, was, I'm, I'm, I'm minoring in um, Klingon in college right now. Nice. So. Nice. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I see a lot of options in your future with that minor. Yeah. I'm hoping to get straight 
in my class. So (laughs) possibly the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. Anyway, (laughs) I love everything about that. So yeah. So I was really excited about this gym scene. I was like, oh, it's our first time. And it just looks cool. And like, you see Mm -hmm. the main cast because they're like the most important people, but you also see others and you're like, yeah, there's like a thousand people on the ship. It's nice to sprinkle in some of those thousand just for, yes. just to remind us that other people exist on the ship. Then we yeah. get this, um, this kind of like little sneak peek in a sick bay and we see the little orbs. And I was like, yes. Oh my gosh, I want Beverly Beverly with a new shorter do is doing some orbs. And then, and then it's and then, Dixon Hill. Yes. Which, ah! This is, and I didn't realize this till the very end, but we only get Guinan in this scene alone. She's only in the holodeck at the beginning of the episode oh, right. and we don't see her face for the whole rest of the episode. And you're you know totally what? Right. It's worth it. Loved seeing her Honey, so much. Guinan in 1940s outfit. Mm-hmm. I'm there for it. I love that she's there with the express interest to just play with Picard. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Now she comes in and you know, Dixon Hill is being held at gunpoint by mm-hmm. some guy and then somebody else shoots through the window and kills him, which I'm like, false. Because the first time we saw Dixon Hill, he was looking out the window and he was on like the third story. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I was how like, did they shoot mm, into the window, no, but from the ground, but also the blinds no. are closed. Projectile trajectory, I'm going to say Did they false. have sniper rifles in 1940s, maybe, or 20s, or whenever they, they were supposed they, to be? I don't it's know. Supposed to, it's supposed to be like 1930s-ish. They did have sniper rifles then, but you don't shoot up a, from the ground floor to a third story window and hit a dude in the torso. That's not a thing. So, so I mean, it's just story so the, continuity. The physics was a little bit off. Little bit off. But you know what? I did think when that guy dropped dead, I was like, Whalen's probably like told you it sucks. Yeah. Okay. Sucka. Why y'all keep playing this game? Like, this is just not a good one to be yes. in the holodeck. Yes. And he's so, telling Guinan, he's like, it's a mystery. We have to solve the clues. Like, and I just love the foreshadowing of this whole thing. You know what? And I never put that together, two and two together until a few episodes ago when you said, hey, whenever they have a holodeck opening, there's always some very clear lead in to this is what the episode's mm-hmm, going to be about. Mm-hmm. And I never, and I've been watching this show for third over 30 years, never noticed that until you said it. So as soon as he said, we have to figure out the clues, I was like, clues, that's the name of the episode. I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> I love that you're putting two and two together. <laughs> and, uh, I was looking at the clues and I was piecing them and everything. And oh. then we get this, we get data calling into Picard using the phone. Like calling the Which secretary I was delightful because delightful. He said he, <laughs> it was great because he said he didn't want to intrude. And I was like, well, either way you're interrupting. So I don't, I don't think, I think it matters. I think but what whatever. he said was something along the lines of like, I thought that this intrusion was the least disruptive for the mm-hmm. program that you're in or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love that the receptionist took the call and then patched it through to Dixon. <laughs> I was like, I love that the receptionist so was so confused. Picard, there's no Picard here. Like, yeah. And he was so like, that's great. all right, Madeline. I'll take it in here. Yeah. I Patch thought that this through. was great. Yeah. Did you also and notice that data was pulling a Riker on the bridge? Was he? He was, but his crotch was facing away from the ensign sitting in oh, the good. command chair. And oh, I was good. like, Riker, please take note. When you <laughs> lift your leg and display your crotch, <laughs> it should be away from the face of the nearest person. Uh, so yeah, I did see something very funny, actually. Um, some meme that someone generated that was like Iron Man walking away from an explosion and Iron Man over Iron Man, it said a high back chair and the explosion said 
Riker's crotch. (laughs) Perfect. I love these kind of jokes. They just, they just tickle my funny bone. Totally. Now what data is actually calling in to say is that they're in the T-Tory system. There seems to be something that appears to be M-class like, um, and if Picard wanted to kind of come and investigate and Picard's like, Ooh, that I do want to investigate. I'll be right up. So he pops up to the bridge and this wormhole seems to like kind of come out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. surrounds the ship. And it immediately pans to data who looks around to find everybody unconscious. Mm -hmm. And I think this is at least a three on the bump, bump, bump scale because credits haven't even run yet. Mm -hmm. So everybody's out cold except for data and then credits start. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is, we have just been presented with one hell of a mystery and I'm Mm -hmm. so excited about it. I agree. And, and not only that, like not only was this such a great opener for all the reasons we said the slice of life, the true mystery, you know, everyone's unconscious, but data but also the episode delivers. It satisfies mm-hmm. the curiosity raised by this mystery. It's not like this yes. is the best part of the episode and then it's downhill mm-hmm. from here and it ends up being some like Romulan spy who is pretending to be a Vulcan. It's not something stupid like that. Oh, totally. They really, really do. Now, this stun effect on the wormhole knocked everybody out for about 30 seconds. So everybody starts to revive and Dr. Crusher comes up to the bridge to get a status report. And she's like, what happened? I mean, I'm getting like kind of calls from all over the ship. Everybody you know, cuts and scrapes and bumped Mm -hmm. elbows and things like that. And Picard does say, you know, it seems that we passed through this somewhat unstable wormhole. Um, We were out for 30 seconds or so, Um, you know, keep me posted if there's any major injuries or whatever. And, and poor counselor Troy, did you notice this? She's like feeling like Mm -hmm. fuzzy and kind of dizzy and she's rubbing her head and she's like, Oh, now the wormhole did kick them out 0.54 parsecs away from their original location. Mm Mm-hmm. And Picard is like, hey, before the wormhole, weren't we looking at like a, a class M planet that like mm-hmm. the probe had like kind of come back with or sensors had come back with? And Data's like, ooh, I advise not going through the wormhole again. Like, let's launch a probe. Yeah. Like, it seems very. Well, let's not even go let's into that, that. Let's not even go into that area of space because yes. the wormhole is unstable and it's kind of like yeah. popping up all over the place. So yes. let's send a probe. So in case that gets sucked in wherever, we still get the information and no harm, no foul on us. And Picard's like, great idea. Make it so. Yeah. Launch that probe and off we go. (laughs) Now, the next thing we see is Chief O'Brien has twisted his elbow. So he's, you know, in sick bay. And this is the first time we see Nurse Ogawa. And she's only given her first name, Alyssa. And it's not until cause and effect, which we see later, I think this season that we find Mm -hmm. out her last name is Ogawa. Now you did a deep dive on Nurse Ogawa. I would love to hear this. So this is actually our second time seeing her. She appeared first (gasps) in Future Imperfect. And that was the episode where Riker was in the future 16 years. And she was in sick Mm. bay helping Beverly. But in that scene, in that episode, she didn't have a name. She was just nurse. So and she, and in the deep dive, which I got from memory alpha, um, which has all the good I love, stuff. I love memory alpha. They rock. Thank you. Nerds, Thank you. For creating memory alpha. Yes. Because <laughs> it's a lifesaver and I just, it really it's like, is. It's like Wikipedia. I just believe everything on there. Um, <laughs> because if everything has like, you know, it's marked to all the original <laughs> data points and stuff. I love mm-hmm. it. You guys take Wikipedia up another notch with mm-hmm. your nerddom. Um, but yeah, so she was in that episode and she was just called nurse and she didn't think she would be called back for any other, any future episodes. Then she got called back on this episode and they gave her a first name. And then it was later on, like you said, in cause and effect where they actually give her a last name and she shows up a couple of times. Um, she becomes a bigger, bigger character, kind of more towards season six and seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the fact that I feel like she's a staple member of the sick bay. Mm-hmm. And this is literally the second time we've seen her. And the first time I she even know. gets a name and it's season four. It's like, how did that happen? I, I just, I feel like she's been, in I could have swore she's been there since like season two or three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Thank you for the deep dive. You know, what I love is the future imperfect. Um, when Riker flashed forward 16 years, we, as we just watched that episode not long ago, remember that that was completely like a projection of like that little boy's like imagination. Mm-hmm. So he basically like imagined a nurse that we'd never seen before. And she was basically like a holiday character. And now she's actually real, which I think is like a mm-hmm. little minuet come to life. Like that's so great. Yeah. I do love her in that, um, the evolution episode too. Cause I think she's so pregnant. Great. She's having babies or whatever. They're super cool. Really, really love nurse. Ogawa. She's just, she's just the kind of person I would want to treat my like tennis elbow or whatever, after I've been going a little too hard at the holodeck or or 100%. And I love that we have another Asian cast member. Whoop, whoop, diversity. Yay. Diversity. Um, Like, and I just, I love her temperament in this conversation between her and Beverly. Mm -hmm. So Beverly's like, Mm -hmm. she notices her cute little pods are now Mm -hmm. full of these really intricate pink, tiny little plants, which I have a feeling that if we were able to see close up would have an incredible amount of detail. But I think mm-hmm. all that detail was really lost on the screen because it's so small and it's bright pink and there's no contrast to show us all the little feathers and stuff. But I bet it's like a super detailed thing. I'm telling you, as a marine biologist, I had to spend um, a semester studying phycology, which is not psychology, but phycology is the study of algae. So it was a whole semester on just algae, which was every bit as boring as it sounds, <laughs> especially given the teacher was like this old codger who like, didn't give any fucks at all anymore. He's like, I'm two years from retirement. I don't give a shit, but mm-hmm. we did have to spend a whole bunch of time on there's three main types of algae. For those of you who watch star Trek and are really concerned about how many types of algae there are on our planet <laughs> that we know of, there is red, green, and brown algae. And that looked so much like a very classic red algae that I was like, oh my God, I wonder if they got some sort of like a red coral algae or a something mm-hmm. that would, that would take the place um, or some other kind of like reddish moss. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I thought that that moss was just gorgeous. Now Beverly does fine. She's like, what the hell? Because she had just set these spores to grow right before they, the wormhole engulfed them right before their and 30 second incapacitation. Yes. And then finds that her moss spores show a full day's growth, which I was like, you know, four inches of growth in one day is fucking ridiculous. No That's moss grows that exactly fast. Exactly what I thought. I was like, mm, moss though? Like <laughs> what, what plant does would grow that fast in 24 hours? Bamboo, like, I, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. But I was mm-hmm. like, uh, moss. No, I think so, dear. Moss takes think... like eleven years to grow, like two inches. Like, it's, yeah, let's, it's let's not a fast this, growing plant. Let's leave this to Keiko because something's going on here with these plants. That's not. <laughs> this is not where we right. actually want Keiko. Okay, yeah, like get yes. away your, from your sea cucumber and your sea buds or whatever the fuck you're eating, and come and check out these sports. We've got a problem. So they've got a full day's growth, which like after a month they just probably like take over the ship and destroy it. But um, they're like, wait a minute, something is wrong. You know, because Picard is like, Beverly, Beverly, we've been out for 30 seconds. That was it. And she's like, I'm telling you, Jean-Luc. And mm-hmm. I love that she uses the first name, mm-hmm. you know. When she's serious. That's her serious Yeah, she's voice. like, I'm telling you, Jean-Luc, this is a full day's growth. And not um, just for one pod. She said if it was just one or two pods, it would just be a fluke. But it's for like 24 pods yes, that are and, all different. 
And she said the spores all came from like different areas on this Mm -hmm. planet that she like harvested these spores from. So it's like, Ooh, she's like, if there was one that had maybe gone off, that would be fine. But every single one of them, this is strange. Fishy. Now Mm -hmm. data reads the planet. He gets the response back from the probe. And it shows this like non M class planet and Riker's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, but you said it might be an M class. And data's like, mm, it seems, you know, perhaps like, I don't think looking... I said that. I don't recall ever saying yeah. that. I don't know what and you're he, talking he about. Gives, <laughs> he gives a very flimsy sort of rundown. He's like, it's possible that the sensors were reading like through the edge of the wormhole and got like some weird distorted something. And there was like a planet something. on the other side of the wormhole. And that's what we were reading, but it was on the yeah. other side. It wasn't But really also there. the light was in my eyes. Yes, so I'm not really a, sure. There was a second planet coincidentally in the same location that's also not what had happened was yeah Yeah. and Riker's like "Mm." did you see the very suspicious Riker look he like furrowed his brow and he was like really shooting laser beams out of his eyes but I was like (laughs) okay all right um Data does keep saying you know because after Picard was like look we need to talk about the moss uh Data's like well I don't know what to tell you because we've been out for only 30 seconds so they have an observation lounge meeting because you know they have nothing better to do with their time than talk about fucking moss growth Mm -hmm. but they're like something is going on now here's where things start getting really suspicious Data has too many answers too quickly Mm -hmm. like it's possible that this one doctor theorized that potentially and this other thing and this other thing and picard kind of sends him away on a wild goose chase mission it was the most beautiful send away like i love that where data's just like got an answer for everything and picard's like um thank you very much data that was really helpful and i think beverly goes to say but wait a minute that doesn't yes and starts to do something and and picard just cuts her off and is like data you know i promised someone that you would really that you would help them with this project is there any way you can go thanks so much and data's just like sure like why would he think anything about it so as he leaves as like the moment the doors are like and close picard's like all right uh does anybody believe him i think data's lying what about you guys Hands, hands, and everybody's like, yeah, something's off because he says, I've never known data to lie, but this is nonsense. What do you say? This was nonsense. This was nonsense. Yes. He did say like, Hey, I promised Mr. Nelson that you would help him with some sort of thing down in engineering. Could you do that? Yeah. And as soon as data was out the room, it was like, who believes him? Nobody. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem because data shouldn't be able to tell a lie at all. So it's like, Mm. well he can like he can choose to tell a lie but he chooses to be truthful right but i mean under orders when you know if somebody says you know divulge all the information you know like he he will do that because he's a he's a fully signed up member of starfleet so it's like lying shouldn't be in his repertoire like something Mm -hmm. is wrong everybody kind of starts poking around you know the shit behind data's back and dr crusher is like hey i know i'll go see um miles because maybe Keiko's got some answers for my moss and also right? transporty stuff. <laughs> I actually thought that was know. genius, that that transporter idea, because they kept saying, and this kind of bugged me. So I'm glad that Beverly came up with a different solution. They kept saying, but the ship's chronometers, but the ship's clocks, but all the technology on the ships has been 30 seconds. And I was like, that's all technology. Like the moss say it's been an, it's been a day, but mm-hmm. all the clocks have been turned to say it's been 30 seconds. Yeah. Here like, in the United States, we change our clocks twice a year. It takes me a minute to do that. It's like, yeah, it, it's not hard. It just felt like um, not totally bulletproof logic there. So yes. I, I really appreciate when Beverly was like, I'll actually check how old people's cells are, like how, the, how people's yeah. cells have aged based on what information was in the transporter buffer 
versus what they're like now and kind of compare mm-hmm. and contrast mm-hmm. because that's going to give a more accurate reading and still it's using technology. Like there's, there's no way to get around using technology for something, mm-hmm. but I just thought that was such a clever way to establish how much time has actually passed because just looking at the clock doesn't seem like the way to go. doesn't really seem like it's going to be the bulletproof thing that you like the, the bulletproof, like backup rationale yeah. that you want it to but be. Look at Absolutely. the clock though, but the clock <laughs> <laughs> now, Dr. Crusher does do this great thing where she's like, let me talk to chief O'Brien because I want to see kind of if I could measure like cell membrane, something, something with whoever was the last person to do, to use the transporter before the wormhole event. So she does find that the molecular level of our internal clock can be measured. Brilliant. And the last person who went through the transporter before the wormhole has an asynchronous turgid pressure with someone who would have been out for just 30 seconds. Now they kind of gloss over a little bit of that medical science, but I was like, cool, you know what? We're talking molecular cell Mm -hmm. level stuff and and internal clocks. I buy it. I buy it. I buy Mm -hmm. the like medicine, you know, the Trek medicine sort of explanation. It was good Um, enough. Yeah, it was good enough. It was, it was great. And, and so Beverly is even more convinced now that like, something is definitely wrong because this woman should have the same internal clock that we do, but measured against her last transporter buffer sequence, it's out of sync and it shouldn't be. So something is definitely weird and wrong now. Um, And the, what about the clocks kind of falls apart very, very quickly because Jordy is able to take a look at the ship's chronometer and realize that it has been altered tampered with yes yes and picard is like well who could have done it and jordy's like well this is the bad news data and i are the only two people who could have done it and i was like oh shit you know so it's like the plot thickens and also made me wonder why can the chief engineer and the second in command be the only people to fuck with the ship's chronometer why doesn't picard have that like yeah i think i mean it made sense to me that jordy can do it because he has that depth of knowledge of the ship. I would also mm-hmm. think probably anyone on engineering or anyone high enough on engineering or anyone with enough yeah. experience in engineering could probably also do it. And yeah. then data, just because he's an Android, he can do anything. So if he looks at a schematic, he's like, got it. Right. And I don't think it's yeah, more I guess like, that's true. because you're the second in command, you should know this. I think it was more mm-hmm. like he's always with Jordy because they're friends. So he just mm-hmm. like knows everything. That's kind of how I, I read that. And Jordy's like, I know for sure I didn't do it. I mean, I was only out for 30 seconds of... And so they started thinking, which was an interesting line of thought, not that data was lying, like purposefully trying to mislead, yes. but that data's systems had been corrupted, that there was yes. some flaw in his program causing him to be untruthful or causing him mm-hmm. to misremember facts or something like that. So mm-hmm. even when data's caught in a lie, because he's such an honest person, usually yes. they're still continuing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And they're saying maybe that wormhole scrambled his systems or his circuits and we need to figure out what's going on. No, I absolutely am with you on that. Where like, I thought that that was actually really, really cool because it became not that like, we can't trust data because he's lying to us, but like mm-hmm. something might be wrong with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, when data is faced with these very difficult questions that Picard has to ask him, he's not able to answer them. Mm-hmm. And so he concedes to an examination by Jordy. And this is always such a fan favorite moment for me when we get to see like the panels open on yes. under Data's head and just like the little lights beeping. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, I want to cosplay as that one day. Cause yes. it's just so recognizable, like instantly recognizable. And I and love it. It never looks like a prosthetic. 
to me. No, it always looks like it's in his head. And I don't know how they do it. Yes. It never looks like an extra piece they glued on top of Brent yes. Spider's head. It looks like it's inside his skull. And it's so it's cool. so well done. It's so well done. Not only that, but when Jordy closes the flap or mm-hmm. opens the flap, mm-hmm. it makes a very tiny clicking sound. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever noticed that. And it's instantly recognizable to me. Like if I ever heard that clicking sound out of context, I'd be like, Data's head panel was just open somewhere. <laughs> like I would totally know. It's just, it, and it's, well, it's also like a very, um, it's kind of a weird way to say this. It's almost like an ASMR kind of a sound, mm. like this tiny little mm-hmm. click that like is very soothing. Like I would recognize it anyway. So Picard is like, okay, at this point, Jordy has reported like everything seems to be coming up fine with, you know, data's analysis. Mm-hmm. So it's clear that the crew has lost an entire day. Like they were probably unconscious for a whole day. And that data is definitely covering something up. And Picard's like, okay, okay, let's just sort of Tarantino this and work backwards mm-hmm. and figure out when this all started. And remembers that that M-class planet was something they were investigating. So they're like, why don't we go back to the place where all this started, which I think is excellent deductive reasoning, by mm-hmm. the way. Let's go back to where this problem started and let's let's start from there again. Now, at this point, Troy is being like, overcome with dizziness Mm -hmm. she's having a hard time she was like rubbing her temples you know when they first woke up now she's Mm -hmm. has this dizziness and it's a whole problem so they're like you know what diana you're completely useless in this episode up until this point so why don't we go ahead and send you to your quarters let's go ahead and just have you go take a nippy nap and Worf walks her to her quarters which and I appreciate that Picard sent Worf although I don't know if she knew like that the chief of security but whatever they only use <laughs> They only use five people to ever do anything on the ship. Um, it's obvious that Data's lying about something and we may need somebody <laughs> to throw around the bridge. Worf, why don't you walk counselor to her quarters where she already knows where she lives? But go ahead. But I, you know. I, but I appreciate that because he did say maybe you should go to sickbay because you're feeling kind of swoony. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe she should have gone to sick bay, but she was like, no, I really just want to go to my quarters and just lay down. I think I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I thought it was great to send Worf because she seemed like just like a little, a little kind of out of it. And I would yeah. be concerned that she was going to safely make it to her quarters. That's might, true. Like, I mean, the girl could pass out somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. like a quiet corridor that w- nobody would see her. So yeah, she, she is walked to her quarters. And this is the first time that I've ever seen her walk arm in arm with Worf. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of that like future, mm-hmm. the parallel future episode where she's mm-hmm. like married to Worf sometime in like Worf, uh, season seven, I think. Um, yep, and I was like, alert that episode's coming in. It's so good. Like I it's love that so episode. good. And it's also like it. a parallel future. So it's not a real thing. So yeah, it's, it's not a real a spoiler thing. and not a spoiler, but <laughs> I thought this is the first time we see that like closer familiarity with mm-hmm. Troy and Worf, and I really appreciated it. So she goes into the quarters, and as Worf turns to leave, we hear this horrible blood-curdling scream, and Worf tries to storm in to save her, only to find that, like, security overrides have been done on the doors. Like, he can't walk in, so he's got to do, like, some other security overrides to, like, open the door. Runs into the room to find her cowering away from the window, or away from the mirror, excuse me, going oh my God, like it was my face, but it wasn't me on the inside. So she like empathically could tell that it wasn't like, how Mm -hmm. terrorizing would that be? Oh my God. Yeah, I I wrote how scary because she said she feels like she's seeing her face, but a stranger is staring through it. So she felt like her face was a mask. Oh my my gosh. Like that sounds like a horror movie right there. Your face is a mask on somebody else as you're looking in the mirror. That's terrifying. Totally terrifying. 
it's totally terrifying. And I think that this is the boon of great writing where none of us have that like beta Z empathic ability. Mm -hmm. And yet it is described in such a way that all of us get like the heebie-jeebies when we think about Mm -hmm. that being, you know, us in her position. And I was like, oh my God. So she's had this horrible test. So something is clearly going on with poor Troy. Oh my God. Worf is complaining that his wrist is hurting, goes to sickbay to find that it is broken. Like the mystery keeps deepening. Yeah. Well that it's, it's, it was broken and it was reset reset, and now it's hurting because it's the bones reset. And so it's just kind of like healing and the healing Healing, or whatever. But Beverly's like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure I didn't reset this in my sleep. And I have no recollection whatsoever of setting this wrist. Exactly. Exactly. So now, you know, I would say originally it was, we were unconscious for 30 seconds or for a whole day. Right. Now it's like, oh my God, there's a third option. Right. We were awake the whole day and unconscious for 30 seconds. Yeah. And have no memory of that entire day, which is crazy, which is totally, I would rather, I would rather be unconscious for the whole day. Yeah. And one of the things that Jordy asked way in the beginning was, or maybe it was now, I don't remember when, but he says, if we were unconscious for the whole day, why didn't our, why didn't our beards grow? And I just kind of laughed at that. Cause I was like, do beards grow that fast? Cause I'm not a guy. It's not I don't the know. same thing. I've never had a beard. Cause you know, yeah. I don't grow beards. So I was but like, I think Oh, do they grow that fast? Yeah. But I think it depends on the guy. Cause some guys I know they're like, yeah, I have to shave every single day. So I'm like, Hmm, I guess if a whole that day sucks. went by because we were looking at the moss who were like super duper fast growing moss. So if people who are just like, you know, hairy dudes or women who grow hair on their face, and there's a whole day they would feel some stubble or something different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you get that five o'clock shadow. Interesting. Yeah. So at this point when it's like, wait, you were awake the whole day and you just don't have any memory of it. It's like, oh, my gosh. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did we shave before yes. we sleep? I was I was a little bit stuck on that piece because <laughs> I was like, how did they do this then? And then yes. they reveal how at the end. But at this yes, point, I was just do. like they were awake the whole time. Which is, is so scarier. much more terrifying. That's so much more terrifying. Now, Jordy finds that the planet that Data found from the Titori system that like was the M-class planet that wasn't an M-class planet. And mm-hmm. I saw it through the refraction of the light through the wormhole or whatever <laughs> the fuck he said. It's actually not any planet from the Titori system. It's from Tethys 3. And it's been pulled from the ship's library Mm -hmm. and it's been airbrushed. You know, the nipples have been airbrushed off of it Mm -hmm. and he changed it up just a tiny bit and, and presenting it as this M-class planet. And that's (laughs) our first time saying nipples on the show. That was fun. (laughs) So one, one quick thing, one quick thing. I think Tethys is a wonderful name. And if I recall correctly, I'm a huge fan of Greek mythology. Um, The dread Nereid Tethys was um, the warrior uh, Achilles mother. And she was a sea oh. nymph who like all feared and revered. Wow. And so I was like, Ooh, they're like pulling from this like human historical bank for these like kick ass systems names. So oh. I love and it. Did so you, and the planet was like a green blue, like yes. oceany looking, like an oceanic gas, type of yeah. planet. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Tethys, you say, Ooh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see you. Yes. <laughs> I see you Greek mythology. I see you Achilles mom. So data is again called Picard and Picard's like, Data, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's like, I- look, Troy is like losing it. We've got the moss. We see that the chronometers aren't what they need to be. Beverly's proof we've been awake the whole day. We've got all of this data. <laughs> data. We've got all of this information. 
saying that you are not telling the truth. So just be honest and say what's up. And Dana's just like, like he opens his mouth to, to answer and then he closes it. And then he opens his mouth and goes, mm-hmm. I cannot say. And Picard's like, come on, Data. Like he's getting frustrated, which you almost never see. I think the last yeah. time I saw Picard get frustrated in like a peaceful conversation is when he was with the Sheliac and he was just like, listen to me. And they were like, beep, mm-hmm. beep, and beamed him immediately off the ship because <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't put up with that crap. So here he's talking to Data, like, come on, just be honest. And Data's just like, I, I can't tell you anything. And then Picard says, you realize he, he actually does some kind of deductive reasoning and he goes, what do you think's going to happen? Like, what am I going to have to do? What would you do in my position? Yes. He said, what would you have me do data? What would you do if our positions were reversed? And I love this lack of ego. Like, what yeah. would you do? Yeah. And data's just like, well, based on all the evidence, it's clear what you should do, which is to court martial him and to confine him to quarters and all this kind of stuff. And Picard says, do you realize that a court martial would not only end your career, but also you would be stripped down to your wires until we found out what went wrong. And mm-hmm. Data's just like, yes, I understand. And I was like, that uh, hit me. That hit me so hard in the feels because anyone else would be court-martialed and their yeah. reputation would be tarnished, but they probably, yes. I don't know, they'd, they'd be fine, right? But this would be the end of Data's existence. And I thought, yes, that's not fair. <laughs> like, no, not fair. no. And the fact that like, we know the conclusion to this story. We know why this is happening. Yeah. And that Data would be, dismantled and he would let that happen mm-hmm. to protect, you know, the mystery was mm-hmm. just heartbreaking where I was like, Oh, this is such dedication. Picard does order Jordy to send another probe. He's like, send another probe. And I want you to analyze the findings and mm-hmm. data. You're kind of like confined to quarter sort of. Yeah. So Picard does understand that. promise that you won't break out with your super strength. Okay. <laughs> and data's like, I promise. Code. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> Picard does understand that Data's refusing to cooperate because he's acting in the best interest of the ship. So he's like, did Starfleet get in touch with you? It, what is happening? So I, I do love that at least Picard is like, I know you're acting in the best interest of the ship. So I value that and I respect that. And also, uh, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with you, Data. Yeah. Now, you know, this is when Beverly is like, wait a minute, we could have all been conscious this whole time because I sure as shit did not set Worf's broken wrist in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And the probe comes back and it really is an M-class planet. And Picard is like, all the pieces click for him. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's no wormhole. There never was a wormhole. Titori system warp two and off mm-hmm. they go. Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of talking as a as a bridge crew on the bridge for a change. And yes. they're kind of saying like, because <laughs> usually they're in the observation lounge, but they're kind of talking and they're like, okay, so what do you think happened? And Beverly's like, well, the fact that we're still alive means maybe we won, you know, clearly there was some kind of conflict that happened at this planet and somehow we left the planet and our memory's gone, but we must've won because we're still alive. And then Riker goes, mm, I think Picard goes, not necessarily. And Riker goes, maybe, maybe we should leave well enough alone. Maybe we didn't yeah. win, but we also didn't lose. Maybe it was a draw. And I think if we go back, we might just be stirring things up again. And maybe yeah. that could put us in danger. And Picard's like, that's true. We might be put in danger again. However, if we don't get to the bottom of this mystery, that will be the end of data. And I am not willing to let that happen. Yeah. So we're going back. And it's like, oh, I'm so torn. Like, I definitely don't want data dismantled. And also, if data went to all these great lengths, it's probably for a really good reason. 
Yes, it's absolutely for a good reason. And Picard is not willing to leave well enough alone, which I totally agree with you. As they approach the Titori system, this energy field approaches between the ship and that M-class planet that really is there. Mm-hmm. And they manage to sort of disperse this energy field, but it attaches itself to Troy and she's woken up and taken over by this energy field. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> My actual thought was Troy got assaulted by a beam of light again. Yes. Like that's Troy. Is it like occupational hazard for a beta set? I mean, what the hell? That was horrible. But what was awesome was her voice modulation. I loved it. Oh, it was her God, same accent, it. but it was like, you have disobeyed or whatever. It just was yes. so cool how they did that and made her made her have a scary voice. I like that. Well, I have a little snippet of it that I'm going to play because it is really good. You can still hear Counselor Troy in it, but the way mm-hmm. either she modulates her voice or post-production modulates it is fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous. So she goes to see Data now taken over by this energy field. And she says, The plan has failed. And Data is like, do nothing. (laughs) You're back. Do nothing. So he Mm -hmm. clearly knows who this being is. Mm -hmm. And it seems that destroying the ship is, it hangs in the balance. So basically uh this, this new, this new energy light being is just like the plan failed. The only option now is to destroy the entire enterprise. And Data's like, wait, 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 let me try my gift of persuasion one more time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think we can still get us out of here without mass loss of life. And surprisingly, the energy field is like down for that. It's like, all right, I'll give you about three minutes. <laughs> and let's say <laughs> to go to the bridge of alone. Minutes. Yes, three, absolutely. Three Earth minutes. <laughs> and let's yes. data go to the bridge. And then like three minutes later follows data to the bridge. Yes. <laughs> so data goes to the bridge alone because this energy being is like, I trust you know the way. I don't have to fo- I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I don't have to follow you. So data tries to warn Picard, like, we must leave now. But he but Picard is like, I'm not leaving without explanation. I want answers. Right. Mm-hmm. He is being very pouty. I'm sorry, but if data is like, we have to leave now i'll explain later i'd be like warp nine let's get the fuck out of here like mm-hmm, totally there isn't time totally now, and you can trust him because that that energy field that's kind of hanging out outside of the ship suddenly yeah. attacks the ship and picard gives some order like oh raise shields or whatever and data's like no you must modulate the shields on a frequency blah 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 modulate shield strength and frequency as quickly as you can. Yeah. I was like, uh Oh, so clearly data's like, I know exactly what to do here because we've done it already. Get out of here, Picard. Like, let's go pedal to the metal and let's get out of here. (laughs) Like burn rubber and let's get out of here. And Picard's like, I want it. Right. He's getting very huffity and puffity about it. So Troy as this alien being comes onto the bridge. And finally, Data kind of looks at her and looks at Picard. Did you see what happened when when everyone realized that Troy was not Troy? The very first thing that happened was Worf tried to shoot her. And I was just like, nothing if not consistent, buddy. No. Nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Worf tried to shoot her immediately. And and Picard's like, Worf, no. Which which also, I feel like it's time to have a meeting with Worf and be like, you do not shoot a fucking phaser on my bridge, blasting holes in my walls and on Mm -hmm. my view screen and sucking us out into space. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Or just keep it on stun, I guess is fine. Yeah, maybe stun. Why do you even have one? You you barely have one for away missions for crying out loud. (laughs) Why do you have one on the bridge? I would have that little side pocket and I'd have like a banana in it for like, if I wanted a snack a or space something. banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so Data sees Troy and she looks at Picard and looks at Troy and he kind of calculates the weight of breaking this order mm-hmm. or risking, you know, against risking the destruction of the Enterprise. Immediately. And, yes. And when Picard says, did someone order you to conceal this information? Who? And Data says, you did, sir. And we're like, oh my God, right? We just get yep. blasted back in yep. our seats. Now, as any good mystery, Sharice, we get a big reveal. Woo! I love the big reveal. And I love that they did it in a flashback because I wanted, because I wanted to see what the heck happened. Or I just wanted to, actually, I just wanted to hear what happened, but Mm -hmm. I really appreciate they went the extra mile and showed us what happened. Totally. So here's the big reveal. There is an alien race that lives on this M-class planet called the Paxons. They're isolationists, and the wormhole was a trap to keep out invaders. It's an energy field that stuns everyone on board of an invading vessel, keeping them in biochemical stasis. Thus, no beard growth. Mm-hmm. I was like, thanks for answering that question. I know. That so I wouldn't the- have even had if Jordy hadn't said it. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> we would have been like, what beard? What? Anyway, so the Paxons then while they're in biochemical stasis, take the ship out of their territory. So the crew wakes up and thinks they've been through a wormhole, considers themselves lucky to have survived and then just go about their day. But Data's positronic brain wasn't affected by the stun field. So he was able, and this is our flashback, he was able to initiate emergency procedures to defend the ship. And then he's able to revive the crew. And the Paxons took over Troy's body to communicate with the crew. First thing Worf did was try to attack Troy. And because somebody needed to get their ass kicked on the bridge, Troy broke his wrist and sent him flying to like the bulkheads. Mm-hmm. Nothing and if per- not consistent. <laughs> He's trying to like judo chop her head off like, because <laughs> of a question mark he has about her. Now, I, you know what I'd love to see is old Worf with like a walker and like a back brace for like all the, you know, when you, when you get older, all those old injuries come back yeah. to like haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> Lore kicking his ass and Aww. Troy kicking his ass and Q kicking his ass. Like <laughs> now at this point, Picard tries to negotiate with the Paxons in the flashback, asking that the crew has its memory wiped in order to protect them from being discovered by others. And I call it Troy as Paxson. When Troy as Paxson says, it could work, but there's this exception of data. It's not acceptable for the Paxons for outsiders to have any knowledge of their civilization. Mm-hmm. And Picard was really genius right there because they were like, yeah, so we have to destroy you. And Picard was like, well, if you destroy us, the entire Federation is going to come looking for us. And everyone across the entire galaxy will know about your planet. And they were like, okay, what do you, what do you propose for a plan B? Yes. <laughs> like now they're open to discussion. I do. I do like that Troy as Paxson is like, no, no. It's like, well, then you may want to. Mm-hmm. Hold your horses for one second and like mm-hmm. listen to our other plan. So you're right. Plan B is Picard says, what if I order data to conceal all knowledge of you as long as he lives or as long as he exists? And they're like, that would be acceptable. Like, let's go about this plan. I did catch a continuity error though. When giving the order, Picard tells data never to reveal the Paxson's existence, even though the name, the Paxson's hadn't been known yet. They had not identified themselves. Like we are the Paxson's and we don't want you here. It was just Troy being like, you can't be here. We must destroy you. Mm. And, and Picard was like, Hey data, never tell anybody of the Paxson's existence ever got it. And it's like, how would you know? That's what they're called. So I was like, I missed that completely. Completely missed that because we as viewers already know that they're called the Paxson's at this point. Yes, we did know that. 
And so, you know, Troy is Paxson agrees and that they, you know, end up kind of doing this whole, like, we'll wipe everybody's memory. We'll, we'll just be out, you know, for like 30 seconds. So Picard Pinky promises that this time it's for reals. He's going to work because they will leave <laughs> no clues at all. Ah, because the clues are like irresistible to humans. And I was like, is that true? I don't know if that's true, but I will say mysteries are interesting. And it definitely got my attention to follow along through this whole episode. Yes. And I also thought, how'd they miss this? But I guess they didn't think about it. They just thought, turn back the clocks, you know, whatever. And the other thing I thought, which is just, I, I don't know why, but this, this keeps coming into my head is when they wake up, there's like a whole bunch of injuries because people were in the middle of mm-hmm. doing stuff when they passed out. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if they knew that they were going to pass out, why didn't they just sit down? But then I thought to myself, but if they all sat down and then they woke up and they were sitting down, like all the people in the back of the bridge that don't have chairs, right? If they were like sitting down and the 30 seconds was up and then they were like, wake up, but they're sitting, which they normally never sit. I thought that could also oh, be- see, see, I thought this is the time for a bosun's whistle to be like, everybody, we're going to have our memories wiped for 30 seconds. So pick a position to slump over a chair or the bridge or lie on the floor or, or something. There's really no need for injuries. Yeah. Yeah. There's no need for injuries. It does. It does lend, it does lend credence to the idea that we were going about our business and suddenly attacked by a wormhole that made us all fall over. So I was like, well, I mean, that does like, that would make more sense. And maybe everyone being super safe and sitting down at at the exact moment would seem a little sus. So so that's what I was thinking. Like why did nobody had to hit their heads? We didn't have to do that. Yes. But I guess we did. Yeah. Troy's Paxson did say like, look, we tried this. The ship must be destroyed. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We left these clues. If we could clear up the clues, this would be not a problem. So let's get Worf some like tiger bone for his wrist or whatever. So that's not hurting anymore <laughs> and have everybody sitting down or lying down in ways that like, isn't going to cause massive injuries. Beverly, go ahead and start your spores. Like right before you lie down on the ground in front of the spores, like everything, there needs to be nothing for us to pick up on. Mm-hmm. And the Paxons allows this second run through the plan because really what's the alternative? They destroy the enterprise and the entire Starfleet ends up showing up at their door mm-hmm. to find out what happened to their flagship. Um, and so they're like, fine. So it cuts to an unconscious Picard coming around along with the rest of the crew. And data's like you were unconscious for about 30 seconds. And this time it works and off they go. And really it's like, awesome. You know, they want to investigate the M-class planet. Data's like, why don't we just send a probe instead? So it seems almost like a temporal loop Mm -hmm. where they're caught and destined to repeat the same thing, which is another episode that we're going to review later. That we love. That we love. Also one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say that for every episode, I promise. Um, But this time it actually works. It works and off they go. And I'm so thrilled that I was like, holding my breath for a split second where I was Mm -hmm. like, is he going to go back? Is he going to believe the data from the probe? And he does look at him kind of sideways for a minute. And then he goes, yeah, that's fine. Okay, let's go. And data's just like, I think that is Sir Patrick Stewart excellently acting that moment because for a split second, he seems to recognize something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, does he remember what happened? But then he's like, yeah, that's fine. Just go ahead and send that probe. And like, off we go to like Calvados two or whatever. And you're like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, did Picard actually remember? Or did he just like, or did something seem fishy? Yeah. Just picking up on clues again. Yes. I love the fact that this episode ends exactly where it started. I mean, a little, you know, it ends right before the commercial break basically. And 
I love that. I love just that circle of life thing going on here because it's just a beautiful way to end the episode. And I also was like, oh, I hope they don't go back because this would be horrible. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the Paxons mm-hmm. would be like, at this point, we're just, we just got to destroy you. We'll destroy mm-hmm. you and then move the pieces of the ship somewhere else. <laughs> you know, like which the Paxons seem like they could totally do, because if they're moving ships in biochemical stasis, they can certainly move pieces of ships. Mm hmm. You know, so that wouldn't be that hard. All right. So that's where the episode ends off on a really great note. Thank God. What mm-hmm. are your final thoughts on this episode, Cherise? My my only final thought was like, man, I wish there was a way for me to use one of these memory wipes just for this episode or use oh like one God. of the men in black little like doop doop red light things just for the episode because I want to feel the confusion slash excitement of going through this mystery and having it unfold because I already know how it ends. Every single scene, I was like, ooh, there's a clue. Ooh, there's a clue. Like I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew what was coming and it was a great episode. And I think if there was any way that I could relive this episode as if it was the first time, it would be really magical. So that was my final thought. What about you? That would be really, really fun. I would love that as well. I mean, I feel like I would love a memory wipe tool for like a bunch of things that (laughs) I have experienced in my life or am experiencing my life that I would really rather That's true. You know, so it's like, well, I'd love to have that. But if we're talking about just for the sake of this episode, yeah, why not? Wouldn't that be fun to like get to watch this for the first time again? I don't remember the first time I watched it. And I do remember that this is one that like, I love watching over and over again. I really, really do. Thanks, Netflix. The ability to just scroll through every episode and pick the ones I want. I mean, really, when I do like want to fall asleep at night, I sort of cycle through several episodes. Um, sorry, when I go to bed at night, I cycle through a couple of different shows like The Office, Arrested Development, Frasier, Golden Girls, and Star Trek TNG, which is a very varied mix of shows. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about Netflix is you can scroll through and pick whichever episode you want. And really, there's like 10 TNG episodes I keep coming back to and remember me is one of them. And this is another one. Mm-hmm. And it's just delicious from start to finish. It's so great. It's a bottle show, but it's done beautifully. It stands the test of time. And it's just as great as I remember it. 100%. All right. Well, I feel like we can now leave the M-class planet without ourselves getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we are talking season four, episode 15, first contact much for listening to us we love you we will see you guys next week bye thanks for geeking out with us be sure to join the crew at the tngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members we'll see you next time